0: Uh, good morning, church. It's such a joy uh, to worship the Lord together. It's been said that uh, this morning, uh, there will be two two hours of uh, preaching. And uh, this is not the norm. Uh. I've invited uh, Elvin to join me in dealing with this subject. So the first part I'll be doing is, um, and uh, exposition on uh, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5. And uh, Elvin will be reading the scripture afterward. And uh, after my preaching, Elvin will interact with me. uh, And then Elvin will take over and unpack what I have uh, preached and he will deal with one aspect that I deliberately will leave out. So that will be the format. And then after that, we're going to have family time and I hope that all of us will stay back. Uh, This is a very exciting subject uh, about restoration of all things. And of course, when we talk about restoration, some people also use the word consummation. Uh, But I will stick to the word restoration. What does restoration of all things means? Uh, It presupposes that something has gone wrong. That's why uh, it needed need to be restored. Restoration it simply means to bring back something to original state. And we know from the uh, previous weeks that Pastor Micah has uh, preached on uh, creation. That creation is good when God first created Adam and Eve and also the creation. It was good Everything was good and perfect. But obviously something has radically gone wrong. Uh, Theologians call it the fall. Uh, It is a sin that entered the world through Adam and Eve rebelled against God's rule. And so every aspect of life has been affected since. We have broken relationships. Creation has been marred. Everything has gone wrong in this life, in this creation. And so God sent Jesus, the Messiah, uh, to redeem humanity. And we know that the redemption is not only confined to humanity, creation will also be liberated along with the children of God. We know that from Romans chapter 8. And so God is putting in process of restoration. Uh, Later I'm going to touch on that. Restoration, today we look at the final destiny of humanity, the end picture of what restoration looks like. Of course, the application would be how do we, how should we live in the light of what we know about the ultimate restoration of all things? Does God invite us to participate in the restoration of all things? So I would invite uh, Elvin now to read Revelation chapter 21.
1: Verses 1 to 5. Elvin. Thank you, Pastor Wong. Let's pause for 10 seconds and and remember that uh, here we are receiving the word of the Lord. Lord, open our eyes that we may see you. Open our hearts that we may receive your word into our lives. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true.
0: Thank you, Elvin, for the reading of God's word. Now, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 5 is the vision of a new heaven and a new earth uh, that was shown to Apostle John by the resurrected Jesus. The context of the book has to do with the people of God who had gone through uh, great persecution and they were suffering. And so Jesus gave the vision of a new heaven and new earth to encourage uh, the people of God, the disciples, his disciples. Now, just now, uh, Hannah read uh, Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 to 25. Uh, Prophet Isaiah was also given the vision of a new heaven and a new earth. And when you read the the vision of a new heaven and new earth uh, in the passage of Isaiah, the focus is different. Uh, The Isaiah passage, the vision of a new heaven and new earth, actually ultimately find its fulfillment uh, in the vision of the new heaven and new earth that was shown to John. Because in the Isaiah passage, it's about the new exodus that God is bringing hope to the to the Israelites that God will bring them back uh, from exile in Babylon, and uh, and they, that God will give them a new life, as it were, a vision of the new heaven and the new earth, uh, whereby you could see longevity of life and the covenantal blessing that was uh, that were described in the passage, but in Isaiah sixty five verse seventeen and. The end of the animals, uh, ferocious animals, uh, and those uh, animals that were supposedly to be the victim, the prey, and they could coexist. Where the animal world, animal kingdom, uh, was also transformed in the new heaven and the new earth. So this is a little bit about the context of the two books. So in uh, Revelation, uh, John spoke about the new heaven and new earth, and he said that, uh, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the f- first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Now, it is saying that God is creating a new heaven and a new earth, and uh, and that the first earth has passed away, as is written in a way as if it is already happening, uh, that the first earth and the first first heaven and first earth is where we are now uh, has passed away, uh, meaning that the in fact in verse uh, four and verse five it talk, uh, verse four talk about the old order of things has passed away, uh, meaning that all the things that we are acquainted in this life, the effects of sin. And all the problems like the pollution of creation, all the expression of the sinfulness of humanity uh, and the suffering that we go through, sicknesses and uh, diseases, death, that was not supposed uh, to be the things that God uh, meant it to be in his original creation, but because of the uh, rejection of Adam and Eve of the rule of God and sin came into the world and we inherited the sinful nature of uh, Adam. And, and the old order of things will pass away, meaning that in the new heaven and new earth, all these things will not be present, meaning that God will remove all evil. There will be nothing but good. And in the new heaven and the new earth, there is not even a particle particle of uh, evil. Now, several years ago, I visited A member of the church, uh, Vincent, uh, uh, who owns a factory uh, inherited from his father. Uh, He's also a scientist, it's a factory that manufactures probiotics. And uh, Pastor Ming and I and a group of us visited him in his new factory. Uh, I was very impressed with the setup. Uh, It is very clean and we were asked uh, to take off our shoes and to put on the shoes that uh, he provided for us. And then we uh, had to be wearing a new, the new gowns the factory provided. So I asked him why. He said the factory uh, cannot allow any dust particles to be brought into, into the uh, place where they, they do the probiotics. It's to prevent any contamination that we bring in So the whole factory is spotless clean. I was literally blown apart, blown away by what I saw. And this gives me a picture that in new heaven and new earth, the presence of evil will not be tolerated. And so you read on in uh, Revelation 21 and to uh, verses 6 onwards until verse 8, you will know that Uh, the wicked people, the evilness uh, were not present in uh, heaven, uh, in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, when he says that the first earth and the the first earth had passed away, does it mean that God will destroy everything since he's creating a new heaven and new earth? Now, many Christians entertain the thought because when they, uh, read uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13, thinking that everything will be burned up because the passage talks about that. And that nothing will be left of the old creation. Now, we know that God delights in the creation that he brought into existence. Both men and women that God created, both the creatures, the animals. Now, some of the children, you have pets, uh, cats and dogs. Uh, you know that God delights in the creation. He delights in the people that he created. We are the master, masterpiece of God. The creation is the masterpiece of God. But because of sin and devil capitalize on that and, and marred mark and destroy the canvas of God's creation. The beauty of the creation is being uh, uh, smeared and, and, and tainted with sin. But we know that the creation is not totally uh, affected by sin, although it's severely affected. But God delights in creation. So will God totally destroy his creation? How do you reconcile with the passage 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13? Uh, if you want, you can turn to the passage, uh, but I will not have time to go into that. But uh, it gives the impression that as if that everything will be burned up, burned up, and then nothing will be left of the old creation. But if you read carefully, uh, in that context, Second Peter chapter three verses ten to thirteen is also talk about the new heaven and new earth <coughs> that God is creating, whereby it will be the abode of the righteousness. And Peter was exalting. Uh, in the light of that, exalting the people of God to live a holy life, because uh, this is where God intended uh, the new heaven and new earth to be the abode, the home for the righteous people, and of course, the righteous people are people who have been redeemed by Christ and living a holy life, a response to the redemption of Christ. Uh, so, Second Peter chapter three verses ten to thirteen talk about the fire. I believe that in a passage, the fire is a kind of purging, like a healing fire, uh, or a clean, a cleansing flood, like like the the great flood that God brought about to judge the world, and uh, and then God, uh, after the flood, <coughs> uh, renew the earth, recreate and restore the earth. <coughs> So instead of totally or utterly destroying this heaven and earth in which we live, the holy fire actually purges and renews them. So there will be a thorough purging of everything uh, that is unworthy or that is defective or that is sinful. And the only analogy we have for this kind of total restoration will be the renewal of our bodies, or what uh, the Bible talks about, the resurrection uh, of our bodies. (coughs) We know that our physical bodies will one day be laid down in the dust, uh, but they're not going to be any highlighted or done away with forever, because in heaven or in the new earth that we are going to be living in, our bodies will be resurrected from the dust by the miraculous power of God, just as He did with Jesus Christ. Now, when this thing happens, there will be a close connection between the body that we have now and the new resurrection body that God gives us. But of course, there will be profound differences because there will be transformation, the purging, the purification, and the glorification. But it will be in continuity with the bodies that we now have. We will be still in the physical body. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about the uh, resurrected bodies that will not be corrupted, that it will not be subject to decay anymore. Uh, the mortality will put on immortality. What is corrupted will put on incorruption. So we will no longer have the sinful nature uh, in the new heaven and new earth, uh, in our resurrected body. Our nature will be changed. It will be made new. Uh, So we will not want to sin. uh, Because in heaven, no sin will ever be present. And So we look forward to the day when this thing will be actualized. And so the fires that is being described in 2 Peter chapter 3 is the fire that purge uh, the vast environment of stars, the skies, the seas, and the lands, and, and, and also purge away evil. And so what does God what, what God does with the physical body that God uh, resurrected or will resurrect is a picture that what God will do with his entire heavens and earth. Now, so what God said to prophet Isaiah, that he will create new heavens and new earth. And what John saw in the vision on the new earth and the, and the new earth is what God is going to bring to fulfillment one day. And so what does restoration of all things look like in the new heavens and the new earth? As I said, we are seeing the uh, final destiny, final destiny. Of course, the implication is that we will also be participating in the restoration, the flow out of the redemptive work of Christ. We are participating in the restoration by bringing people to Christ, uh, whereby they, the nature will be transformed. We uh, uh, People who are involved in creation care will also be restoring the creation, uh, that what God has uh, created, good and perfect, but that has been tainted and, and marred by sin. Uh, so we are going to look at this, uh, uh, both Revelation and briefly about Isaiah, but we what we look is not exhaustive on this subject. So let's look at the picture of the new heaven and the new earth, uh, where the final and the sweeping victory of the redeemed people of God is being uh, fleshed out. Now, it may come as a surprise to Uh, many uh, Christians uh, because many Christians entertain the thought that heaven is somewhere out there and we are going to, as what Elvin said, people think that it will be our bodies will be floating and then uh, angels will be playing harp and we will be singing uh, 24 hours and on and on and on Uh, many of us may not realize that uh, God is going to bring uh, heaven down and uh, the heaven is down on the new earth that God is creating. Next slide. Uh, the Revelation uh, chapter 21 uh, mentioned uh, that in verse 1, say that, and there was no longer any sea. Chapter twenty uh, one one uh, second half of uh, 1b. Now, do we take it literally? Now, for those who love sea fishing, like uh, Yukong and uh, other people that I know, uh, chao Qian, a very good friend. <laughs> I've gone out with him, uh, sea fishing is so exciting. Um, does it mean that those who love sea fishing, scuba diving, uh, you can uh, go scuba diving in uh, Sipadan or, or do, uh, do snorkeling in uh, Pulau Redang or sailing or swimming in the ocean. Uh, you will lament that in the new heaven, new earth, the sea is no more. Now, I do not think that that is a right interpretation. I wouldn't take it literally. The reason is that John was writing to the Christians who were greatly persecuted. And the sea was the place where the beasts uh, emerged to create havoc in the world. Uh, the wicked kings uh, who rule in the kingdom that uh, oppressed the people of God. And the sea has always been used in the Bible to describe symbolically a place of chaos, uh, a place of disorder and evil and danger. And so when John said that there's no longer any sea, uh, the original here, uh, readers will read it correctly. They know that what John is saying. Uh, Because in chapter 19, we know that the devil was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur and where the beasts mean the wicked kings and the wicked rulers, uh, along with the false prophets, and they too have been thrown in the lake of uh, burning sulfur, uh, which is called hell. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And in the new heaven and the new earth, the devil and the evil people will not be there. And the redeemed people of God will dwell securely. And all that threatens our life will be no more. Now, when we reach uh, that destiny in the new heaven and the new earth, there will not be coronavirus. You don't have to fear of this. Be, uh, the presence of demons will not be there. The three things that the first century people feared the most, and even today, uh, the modern people also feared. The demons, the disease, particularly the incurable diseases, and death, death is the is last enemy that God will destroy. And so what John is saying that no more dangers from the hostile forces against us. And so I believe there will still be sea, the beautiful sea creatures and the coral re- reefs with all the beauty will be restored to their full fullness, fullest splendor will be there. And so uh, Yukong, you can still go deep sea fishing. And it's amazing. You're going to see the clear uh, water. The, the, the sea will be in its splendor, uh, restored to its pristine state and even far better than what the original creation. Secondly, we look at uh, the restoration of all things. Is that there will be no more sin, no more shame and guilt. Uh, verse 2 say, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, New Jerusalem is pictured as a holy city. It is a physical place that is described with all its dimensions. It is beautifully uh, constructed. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven is also describing the inhabitants, the, the people. Of God, the redeemed people of uh, the Scripture use the, the, the this metaphor: the bride beautifully dressed for her, for her husband, and the husband is Jesus Christ, who actually redeemed us. And there will be a marriage feast of the Lamb, whereby the the church will be beautifully dressed for Jesus. We will be presented faultless, blameless, uh, uh, before God. Uh, because of the perfect obedience of Christ, his suffering and his finished work on the cross and uh, and the triumph of Christ, whereby his righteousness is imputed to us. And so uh, in our present state, we are still sinful. We still have sin in our life, but in the new heaven and new earth, where we will be clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And so all the sin and all the shame that associated with sin and the guilt that we go through uh, in this life will be all uh, erased and we will be presented beautifully dressed for Jesus Christ. Isn't it uh, wonderful uh, that, uh, that this will take place? And thirdly, uh, we are also told that in verse 3, uh, there will be no more separation uh, from the presence of God uh, because God will dwell with his people forever. Uh, and, and John said, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and, uh, and, and, and be their God. Now, in that place, when the new heavens and the new earth where it is now here, heaven joined the new earth and we will be home in our uh, resurrected bodies. And the new earth will be our eternal home. And it is said that God will be present with us forever. Uh, That is the immediate presence of God. And nothing evil can touch us. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God and from one another. Uh, Because the the presence of God will be with his people. And to me, it is something to look forward to uh, where we will be home and uh, God will be dwelling with us uh, forever and ever. And fourthly, in verse 4, and we say that uh, in verse 4, He uh, say, I, God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He said, no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. Now, Earlier, I mentioned that the 3D will be absence in the heaven. Uh, the 3D will be the devil, the de- disease and, the, and death. Uh, we know that disease can be very painful. But the redeemed people of God in, in the new earth will have a glorified, resurrected uh, uh, body. No, all diseases will be no more, meaning that there are no more cancer, uh, no more coronavirus, no more al- Alzheimer's, no more Parkinson's disease, no more autism, no more physical disabilities. Can you picture that? That will be where we are and what will happen to us. In the year 2015, uh, I visited uh, Mary Wang in her home, Huntington. Mary Wang is a family friend. Uh, she was the general director of COCM, Christian O C Christian Mission, a very godly woman who have served God uh, uh, more than 40 years with COCM. I visited uh, her home where she was bedridden. Her husband, Ernest Kong, is also a family friend. Uh, when the year uh, 2008, when Mary Wang uh uh, was supposed to hand over uh, to retire uh, to retire from her service to hand over COCM to a new uh, general director, uh, Reverend Henry Ru. Uh, 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 Mary Wang was diagnosed with uh, frontal temporal dementia, and she suffered dementia for ten years. When I was in a home two zero one five. That was already seven years uh, into her advanced uh, dementia. And uh, I have COCM friends who prepared me, say that Mary Wang will not recognize you because many people visited her. She just could not recognize anyone. Uh, But uh, I have also traveled with Mary Wang to Romania uh, as a very close friend and and I know her well. She also knew me well at the time. And I was prepared that she will completely not recognize me because many people say she will not at all recognize anyone because she suffered that, uh, uh, from dementia. So uh, when I reached the farm and Ernest spent 10 minutes prepare me uh, mentally and emotionally. So I entered into her uh, bedroom and uh, with Ernest Kong and uh, Mary Wang looked at me and for a few seconds, she kept looking at me. And then suddenly, she called out my name and said, Fung Yang. And then she started talking to me. I was completely perplexed. And I was so touched that tears rolled out from my cheeks. And, uh, and that only lasted for less than a minute. And then later on, the same blank look came into her face. She just called me and said, go out, go out. She didn't use my name, and I'll say, go out, don't be here, go out. But God gave me a glimpse of what heaven will be like where she will be, uh, her mind will be restored uh, fully. I came back, I shared with some of my friends, and they were amazed. Um, when heaven comes down on earth, there will be no more diseases, no painful flashback will ever come back to us. They will be no longer, uh, we will not be haunted by diseases and and all our shame and the suffering and and death will be no more. And I look forward to the day uh, as I go through uh, difficulties even in my own life. And um, every painful memory, every emotional wound that we go through, every hurt will be healed. Uh, not just the physical uh, suffering, but emotional suffering, the mental suffering. I can think of people uh, who have, uh, Christians who suffer uh, mental illness, uh, schizophrenia, uh, they, they, will not, they are not healed. And people with children, are autism, and uh, they, they, they have to go through the pain. And every emotional wound or broken relationship will be healed. Uh, because the old order of things will pass away, and we will live forever in happiness and joy in the presence of our Redeemer. And this is called eternal life. And of course, there are much more. Uh, 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 later on, uh, Elvin Ang Un will unpack. And 21 verse 5 says, Nothing that is stained by sin will be there, because God said, I'm making everything new. I'm making everything new. Is in the present tense. Uh, uh, what it happened, we see in heaven, it will be completely new. But God is making everything new. He's restoring all things. Uh, so there are diseases that are not healed, but he used Christian doctors and even through common grace, used non-believers to bring about restoration. And uh, the physiotherapists will also bring restoration uh, of uh, of uh, people who had uh, a stroke and, uh, and God is making everything new the creation, the creatures uh, and the animals the nature will be changed um, I can think of an analogy uh, uh, many years ago when my laptop a speaker that I invited from uh, uh, America, Redeemer uh, FHO, he he was preaching and then he spilled coffee onto my laptop that he bought from me and the uh, whole computer was con up, uh, cannot be used anymore uh, of course it can be re- repaired and restored but mine it just ha- uh, didn't, didn't uh, happen the way I, I know that people whose computer has been uh, uh, the coffee spill and then uh, later it's restored and back to as good as it was before and later I bought a new new laptop and the new laptop uh, uh, it's amazing. I think those of us who have new laptops will know that it functions far better than uh, laptop that gone through a uh, process of time, like human body aging or have been uh, spilled uh, with uh, uh, liquid and, and the function is no more the same. So God is making everything new. Our physical body will be very different. And sixthly, uh, there will be no more curse. And uh, Elvin will talk about that. In view of time, I will bring to a close. But basically, Jesus has redeemed us uh, from the curse. Next slide. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Uh, Pete, uh, new slide. Uh, he, he bore the curse of our sin. Uh, Pete, new slide. No more curse. There won't be any more curse. Uh, Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Verses 22, verse 4: No longer will there be any curse, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servant uh, will serve him. Uh, uh, After a while, uh, later on, uh, Elvin will talk about uh, what is the implication of work in a new heaven where there's no curse. Uh, But we know that when there's no curse, relationship will be transformed and uh, 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 creation will be transformed. And uh, we look at in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 to 9, and Isaiah chapter 65, uh, verse 25, where the wolf will live with the lamb. Uh, usually the wolf will eat up the lamb. And he say the leopard uh, will lie down with the goat in Isaiah chapter 11, 6 to 9. And the calf and the lion and the yearling together, they will feed together, and the little child will lead them. Uh, this to me is amazing whereby the once ferocious animal will be changed and the infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the, into the wiper's nest. And so basically, creation will be transformed, restored. Uh, While animals, their nature will be changed, they will, they will neither harm nor destroy uh, on all God's holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. So, Isaiah's uh, uh, vision of the new heaven and earth uh, finds its fulfillment in the new vision, in the vision of the new heaven new earth in John. And Isaiah seems to be describing an earthly restoration of the Garden of Eden, in which every animal lives in harmony with each other and with the redeemed people of God. And children are the most vulnerable, and yet children. Have no fear of the wild animals and the children will even lead the wild animals. And so children, it will be exciting time uh, uh, in heaven. Um, You know, when God created the new heavens and the new earth, everything will be restored uh, to its original creation and it will be even far better. Okay, I will now... uh, uh, have an interaction with uh, Alvin. Sorry, Alvin, I take a little bit uh, longer than than what is needed.
1: Oh, no worries, uh, Pastor Wong. Thank you for the opportunity to be in dialogue with you. Before I share some thoughts that I have, um, let me just say, you know, it's just so moving to hear you um, speak on this matter, where you say that in the new heaven and new earth, there is no particle of evil. And you illustrated that by going to a probiotics factory. And you also say that God will purge this world of evil, disease and sin. And you told this very moving story of your dear friend, Mary Huang, who traveled with you and she called you by name. Um, Do you ever wonder, will this really happen? Will you see Mary one day and you're going to have a long conversations with her one day where her memory, it will not just be one 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 minute's worth, but it will just extend. What helps you to believe this amazing vision that you are sharing with us?
0: Well, it's the promises of God and the resurrection of Jesus uh, that assure us that this will really take place and, and that uh, uh, God has given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment, and I experience the stirring of the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit present in my own life. Uh, so, what God say, He's promised He will fulfill. His word is uh, trustworthy, and I believe that it is uh, faith in God's word uh, in His character, and and of course the 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 presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, as the words say, it is the down payment of uh, what is to come. You know, it's just like when I buy a house, I put a down payment. I still don't get the house until uh, later on when I pay in full. And Jesus has paid in full through his uh, redemption. And so I will possess that what God has promised. And one day I will see Mary Wang. I will see many of my Christian friends, the people whom I, I love.
1: Wow. Oh. Wow. Thank you. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> Luke is asking us a question. Is it? Uh, which animal do <coughs> you, you have? <laughs> uh, lion, right? You can play with a lion. Um, you know, uh, I used to think that we will all go up to heaven. Now you say heaven comes down on earth. <coughs> I used to think that earth will be burned up and, uh, and there will be nothing left of planet earth. And so, you know, what, what, why, you know, uh, actually in my Christian tradition, they, they emphasize that. And so therefore, you know, we don't think long-term about caring for creation. Is that something that you used to think about the future, uh, about, about, about what heaven and the future will be like, but now after so much research and thinking about this, um, in recent years, you have thought differently.
0: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I have traveled to many places, uh, like America National Park, like Samoa, uh, Papua New Guinea, and many other places where uh, it's so beautiful, you know, even Nepal, uh, looking at the, uh, the range of mountains, Mount Everest is just spectacular, you know, God's creation. Although theologically, I know, and in practice, I know that creation has been marred, spoiled because of the sinfulness of humanity. and and also Satan want to destroy God's uh, masterpiece. Uh, and, and God uh, is restoring his creation. And one day he will bring back uh, even animals that have gone extinct. Uh, and uh, we know the sea pollution and the river pollution is, is so terrible. Uh, I was an engineer before I was uh, my first job. I, I was involved with the effluent uh, treatment plant in Felda. Uh, uh, bringing, uh, treating the, the sewage, you know, the, the, the palm oil sewage, so that uh, it will not be discharged into the river. Uh, river. In fact, many factories discharge uh, the sewage, the, the palm oil uh, sludge uh, into the river. I could see the fish all die. And after the treatment, uh, it brought back life, you know, to, uh, to, the, to, the, to the river and fish begin the river became to the teem with life. And so I think uh, God is also using us to uh, bring about uh, care of creation, to restore, you know, the process. I'm mm. making everything new is a, is a present tense. That's mm-hmm. why I think Christian of all the people involved in creation care, uh, restoring the creation, it has a theological foundation. I think Ken will be very excited about this, which he already know, And uh, it makes our work and what we do here and the life that we live here with a great hope, you know, and with a great sense of enthusiasm and purpose. And even earlier, you talk about Mary Wang. Of course, I have my own experience with constance. I don't know whether you want to talk about that. Uh, it's a very personal thing that I go through. You know,
1: please continue. And and yeah. And then yeah.
0: Yeah. This this restoration. Uh, 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 you know, of the uh, of a physical bodies that uh, has gone wrong. You know, like my wife' uh, Constance, as you all know, going through Parkinson, uh, is a real struggle. You know, I I do a lot of uh, massage for her neck, uh, for her leg. Uh, used to be one time a day, now go into five to six times. Her neck affected by the progression of the disease and the com and also the side effects of the drug. I, I, you know, often uh, in tears when I look at how the body, how the disease ravaged her body. uh, Her mind is still good, so most night we do talk. You know, we pray, uh, we share. We talk about death. We talk about life. We talk about ministry. We talk about children. We talk about the church. While I was doing the massage, you know, uh, when I was doing cooking, Ig, uh, uh, Constance is a good cook. But uh, because of an illness, I, I took up cooking. I cook for the family and I begin to find joy in cooking because when uh, my family, I constantly enjoy my food, you know, I could see the smile, you know, and and and, and this is really uh, uh, something that God has uh, put in my heart. Uh, restoration of all things is actually restoring. I do not allow, I don't want to allow. A disease to define us because I know from God's word one day, concern is going to run, going to jump, you know, going to leap, and we're going to have time in eternity. So there's something to look forward to. So I cannot imagine if we don't have this hope and this life has no meaning. Our illness will, will not be redemptive. There's no redemption in our illness, uh, there's no meaning and purpose in, in our illness. And so we have a community. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus interceding for us. We have the hope of the future destiny of our resurrected bodies that will be uh, in a glorified state, you know, and living in this earth forever and ever. And I think that what we're going to have, uh, it it is is so wonderful that I think that uh, we will be amazed by the sheer grace of God. You know, we don't deserve all this. Uh, so I think we can go through illness. We can go through incurable diseases and not be afraid. La. Uh, uh, I know in reality that God doesn't heal everyone, including Christian. Many will die. Uh, but we as a Christian, we have hope. No? So each day when I do massage, when I attend to constant need, when I identify with the pain, you know, bathe her. Sometimes I got to dress her when she can't do for herself. All this I do with, with love. Uh, with the hope one day that it will be changed.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Fung Yang. Thank you for, for the deeply moving images of uh, actually what a glimpse of heaven in how you care from in the ministry of uh, loving Constance. Do you want to say a closing or do you want me to continue from here?
0: Uh, yeah, I think uh the, as earlier we mentioned that uh, you, you say that uh, people think that heaven is a place where Christians will be floating and there will be angels playing harps and uh, worship will be on 24 hours. Uh, but I just alluded to the fact that there will be resurrected bodies and the curse will be removed and we will be in a, our glorified state, You know, uh, still in this earth where heaven comes down meaning that we will eat but uh, we won't die. Maybe uh, you might want to talk more about work in heaven to give us a more complete picture. Would there be work? If there's work, would it be boring? What uh, kind of work would that be? You know, uh, I know the pastor, we will lose our job. We don't need to preach to the sinners anymore. No more sinners. And lawyer, uh, a Ming, would not have job because there's no more conflict, no more litigation. So what kind of work, you know? Uh, so, Elvin, you may like to take us on.
1: I mean, uh, I mean doesn't have to do any more work. I uh. just sit in front and watch television. Uh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I see my friend Ruben, who, you know, also listening in, and, you know, he's been working so hard. And, he, and Pastor, you say there will be work in heaven. What a nightmare. <laughs> uh, so, so, let me take a few minutes to think about this a little bit more, okay? Um, you know, many years ago, uh, before World War II, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote a book called The Lord of the Rings. It's a huge book, very hard to write, and he nearly gave up. And so, in the midst of writing that book, he just—he was very, very discouraged. He wrote a short story about a man named Nigel. In this story, we are told that Nigel had to go on a long journey that would lead to his death. But before he had to go on that long journey, he still had many years to live. So, he wanted to paint. Yeah. Uh, And in his mind's eye, he imagined a leaf. And that leaf belonged to a whole tree. And behind that tree was more trees. And then there was the forest and the mountains as far as the eyes can see. Can you imagine that picture in your head? That beautiful picture by Nigel? Okay. Yeah. Some of you are nodding. Yeah. So he made a large canvas and started to paint. He did a bit here, a bit there. And he worked very hard, but he never got much done because he was constantly distracted. He had bills to pay, a roof to repair, and people often came to him for help. And then the years passed, and one night, he sensed that his time was almost up. He started working desperately. But it was too late. There was a knock on the door and it was time for Nigel to make his long journey. Nigel burst into tears. Oh dear, my painting's nowhere finished. In fact, on that canvas, that huge canvas, the only thing he completed was one leaf. It was a beautiful leaf, but only one leaf. And hardly anyone saw that painting. Friends, do you feel like niggle? Ha- have you ever found yourself doing work that nobody appreciates? Or maybe, you know, after all the trouble and toil, you know, you put into work, it all gets wasted. Um, you know, the time of the pandemic, you know, you make plans, you want to go here, you want to go there. And then MCO, boom, all your plans died. Uh, yesterday, we Huifen and, and I went to buy nasi lemak. And the guy told me, you know, told me he can he can only make 10% of the revenue he used to make. And he can barely stay afloat. And yet he's working so hard. It's really hard. And if you are students, you know, uh, uh, school has started and there's just so much Zoom. And so much. So, so in heaven, I think uh, there will be no more work, right? There should be no more work. But the Bible says that's not true. The Bible says there will be work in heaven. Sounds like a, what? How can this be good? Some of you might say, I work all my life. I don't want to work in heaven. And in Revelations chapter 14, verse 3, doesn't it say, uh, we will rest from our labors. Uh, actually, that's also a misunderstanding. Huh? Just like Pastor Wong talked about how uh, the earth will be burned up. This is also a misunderstanding. The word, the Greek word means kopos, and it describes intense labor, the work that is marked by trouble, toil, thorns, and thistles. This is the work because of result of the fall. And in heaven, this kind of labor is no more, gone. So what kind of work will we do in heaven? I can think of four things from scripture. Number one, the work we do will involve our bodies. That's because Jesus also has a body, you know? We often don't think about that. But when Jesus resurrected from the dead, from the cross, he did not become an invisible soul or spirit. As we read from scripture from Pastor Luke, from Luke, he said, Thomas could touch him. And Jesus ate fish and he prepared breakfast for the disciples. And when he ascended into heaven, he did not vaporize into one million atoms. In fact, in heaven, there is a perfect human being. And that human being is, you got it, Jesus. And when he returns in Revelation 21, in the passage we read, uh, he is bringing down the new heaven um, and the new Jerusalem back down to earth. So we won't be floating on clouds. And Jesus with his new body, John says, God's home is now among his people. Revelation 21 verse 3. And so maybe he will be preparing breakfast for us and we might be preparing breakfast for him. So think about all the marvelous things we can do with our glorified, resurrected bodies. What would you love to do? I know, Luke, you are, is it Luke or Uncle To? you're trying to figure out what should we, you know, what age should we be? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I think what's more important is that we will have glorified, resurrected bodies. And these are things we can do with our hands and our feet in heaven. That's number one. What other work will we do in heaven? Are we, we will be serving God with joy. And the key word is serve because in Revelation 22, verse 3, it says that we will continue to be God's servants. And we serve God because Jesus told us, you know, my father is always at work for this very day, and I too am working. That's John 5:17. So God is always working from, from day one of creation all the way to, to, to consummation and restoration. God is still at work. He never stops working. And so we work on earth as as it is in heaven. And our work in heaven will be full of joy. You know, in the parable of talents, the the, the parable of talents, Matthew 25, uh, Jesus says that God's servants who do good and faithful work on earth will be given a special reward in heaven. You know what's the reward? They will be given more work. And this kind of work will be described as joy. Enter into the Joy of the Master, uh, you know the Isaiah passage which uh, Pastor Wong read, Isaiah sixty-five verse. Oh no, no, which um, Hannah read. You know, uh, it says, you know, the prophet Isaiah says, "My chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands." So we will enjoy what we do. So during family time, we will think about how what we enjoy doing, and we will um, see what that, that will be like, You know. Uh, in that passage in Isaiah, God's people are described as building, planting, eating. Now, these were things done by the farmers in ancient Israel. But I think there will be many other kinds of work that will go on, go on in heaven. Uh, uh, sometimes of work will disappear, you know, because there's no more evil, no more pimps, no assassins, <laughs> no drug dealers. That's for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, most careers will have to be revamped because there's no more sin, sickness or death. Uh, funeral directors... What are you going to do? I don't know. Police, lawyers, doctors, teachers, uh, consultants. We all have to find new ways to work, right? As a consultant, I solve human problems that usually involve anger, pride, envy, laziness. But in heaven, these things will disappear. So maybe as a consultant, I will be hosting good conversations, listening to people and maybe bringing people together to try new things. What will you do in heaven? In heaven, I assure you, you will, <laughs> magic gardeners, are uh, Amy. Yeah, well, uh, in heaven, I assure that you that you will enjoy what you do uh, all the time. So, Pastor Wong, I know you have found a calling in preparing delicious food for Constance. Uh, I have my calling to enjoy eating your food. And your char tiao will be better than the best char tiao we can eat in Penang. It will be delicious, and it will be healthy, and I don't have to wash plates, I think. <laughs> so, one more thing about what kind of work will happen, I think, in heaven. I think, here's the most amazing thing, and the new thing I discovered while preparing this time with you, Master Wong. I think heaven will magnify the magnificence of the work we do on earth. Let me say it again. heaven. Will magnify the magnificence of the work we do on earth. Do you know that many aspects of human work that we do will continue in the New Jerusalem? In Revelations chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-six, it's John writes, "The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into heaven." Uh, theologians say that uh, you know. So the honor of the nations will be brought into heaven. So the theologians say that the work of the nations on earth may include the best of human culture and achievements, past, present, and future. It may include all the work done by God's people, guided by the Holy Spirit through thousands of years. And it may include the work that you and I do today, work that we do with faith, hope, and love. As you say, the fire might purify a lot of work we do out of bad intentions, but the work we do with love and faith and hope in God In some way will endure in heaven. I think the story of Nigel helps us to realize this because at the end of his life, all Nigel had to show for his work was one leaf. And you may feel this way, you know, your work doesn't really matter. So much work you do uh, gets just blown up in fire, you know, because of plans and everything uh, that would not done. You may be out of a job, maybe you know, and all kinds of things. But Well, in the story of Nigel, we learn that after his death, Nigel is put on a train towards the mountains of heaven. And after a long time, the train stopped at the station. The countryside looked very familiar, you know, and yet more beautiful. And then he saw a bicycle that he used to own. It was no longer rusty. It was shiny and perfect. He rode on it. And he, the grass was better than ever he felt before. And then he saw a tree in the distance. It was the tree. His tree. Finished. The branches grew out big and strong. He gazed at the tree. He even recognised that one leaf that he had painted on earth. And that leaf was perfect and all the other leaves were there too. Nigel didn't finish his work on earth. His work only helped a few people. But here he was in this new country, a place that is permanent and real. And his tree is finished. He spent some time caring for the tree because that was the work he truly enjoyed doing. And then he realized there were so many more trees and mountains to explore. And so off he went to do even more wonderful work together with his friends and neighbors. So friends, what is your leave? In this life that is, uh, if you think that in our life that is, that's all our life is, and then everything else will be burned up. Everything will be forgotten. All our good work will come to nothing. That could be one way to live. Another way to live is to know there is a God. And this God tells us, friends, your labor is not in vain. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. You may think the work you accomplish on earth is only like a leaf, but whatever you are seeking in your work, whether it's fairness or peace, beauty, healing, restoration, this work will show up in heaven in some way. So let us continue to work with faith, hope, and love. Whatever we do for the sake of loving God and our neighbor, that is the leaf we are called to do today. And one day in, in the future, God will bring all creation into full restoration and we will see our lives work transformed from a leaf into a tree. Friends, that is a tree. And during family time, we will do an activity with the children and our families. And hopefully, uh, we can get a glimpse of how we can work with joy in heaven. Over to you, Pastor Wang.
0: Yeah, Thank thanks, uh, Alvin. I think uh, it's uh, inspiring to know that there will be still work in heaven. Uh, I could see that, uh, I could visualize when we uh, in heaven, there's no more sin. So our motive will be very pure and uh, we are in a glorified state, although we are still finite, we are not infinite. So our mind has been renewed. There's no sin that uh, uh, taint our, our intellectual. And so we'll be able even to think with greater clarity And uh, those who are involved with writing uh, can write even better. So I believe you will still writing. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, uh, write something, you know, about the whole history or humanity, whatever. Uh, I think there will be things to do. Uh, So, Alvin, uh, how will you use your your gifts and your talent uh, uh, that you are using here on Earth in the new heaven of course that one will be will be still a long way to come how would that influence the way now you pick up skill because i think skills uh, can still grow you know in a in a new heaven and new earth it doesn't mean that you stop uh, learning and stop growing you are still doing that so whatever you do now uh, picking up skills uh, is very important isn't it keep honing your skill so, I asked, would there be music making, uh, performing arts, and doing sports, you know? Like my friend, uh, uh, Uncle Toh uh, Seng Tong, I would like to know whether he would still play game with me. Would there be still sports in heaven? I mean, the earth here.
1: I think whatever we can do with our bodies, we can do in heaven and on earth. Exactly, because Jesus exactly. is the body, right? Yeah, exactly. We often, don't think about that, you know? So, uh, writing, uh, actually, I feel very conflicted about writing, you know, because I find writing... Uh, very, very painful. 80% mm. to 90% of writing is toil. Um, and yet some people who have read my books, they say they are very blessed. Just, uh, just last week, some, some uh, somebody said, this book changed my life. And so mm. sometimes I, I, I write unwillingly. So I hope in heaven, uh, if I write, I will write with joy. Mm. La, you know, um, mm. The, mm writing is mentioned in Revelation several times, you know, the the angel tells John, write, write, write. So I guess it's one of the things that very clearly there will be, uh, we can still write in heaven. I I think
0: not only you are writing with with joy, but those uh, readers, people who read that will be so enthralled and thrilled, you know, and excited. Uh, You know, just uh, uh, not to a few days ago, at the inauguration of Joe, uh, President Joe Biden, uh, Amanda Gorman, the, the young poet laureate, uh, you know, when hearing her, her poems that she read, uh, it's such a thrill to sharing, you know, the ears. And uh, can you imagine with the kind of poetry that uh, someone is going to write Christ- uh, those uh, in heaven, in the new earth, you'll uh, be even far better, you know, than what, what is really happening here. So I think those uh, involved in literary will continue on, you know, and writing uh, poetry that exhort God, exhort Christ's redemption and uh, his creation and many other things, uh, I think it'd be wonderful. Uh, So uh, Elvin, I think with that, uh, maybe we will bring to a close of uh, our preaching. Then later we will interact. I'm sure the children have a lot of questions uh, question like, uh, will they be children in heaven? Will they grow up if they die? And some people say, I think we know scripture, there's no more marriage versus no more procreation needed. Uh, so those who are single will say, oh, I miss out marrying here. Then in heaven, no more marriage again. Wow, what a terrible thing. So all these questions
1: might want to be explored later on. Huh, yeah, I think these questions come because uh, we have a scarcity mindset. though. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we often think you know uh, the little things we have already give us so much joy right mm-hmm. and it's marriage it's children that gives us so much joy so you go heaven uh, no more marriage no more children don't know what age we are mm-hmm. then, uh, then how can it be happy right mm-hmm. that's because uh, you know we are living in a world of thorns and thistles yeah. right? we have we are so Blinded and so narrowed by little things that give Mm -hmm. us joy, and yet they are so meaningful. So, I think in heaven, uh, as you say, Pastor, these no more tears, no more tall, no more tall. uh, And when that is removed, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a completely different perspective. Yes, so yes, please give us the Mm -hmm. closing prayer and uh, we will continue our conversation in a different way. Let's uh, pray. Let's pray.
0: Lord, our hearts are filled with great joy because of Jesus, our Redeemer. And that in our fallen state, uh, you did not leave us alone, but you came and then you became uh, cursed on our behalf and that you saved us from the curse of the law and that you have given us eternal life and reconciled us to God and give us a, a glorious future where one day uh, these uh, weak and sick bodies that were will subject to decay, decomposition, and eventually die, will one day be resurrected, and that we will be forever with you in the new heaven and the new earth. And there will be wonderful things uh, that we will do, uh, worshipping you, serving you, and living in a community of God's people where the presence of sin will not be there. Lord, we cannot imagine, but we can only catch a glimpse uh, from the scripture, and that our hearts will long and yearn for that day to come. So thank you for your word, uh, for the time our uh, devotion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.